Blog Talk Radio. The topics and opinions expressed in the following show are solely those of the hosts and their guests and not those of W4CY Radio, its employees, or affiliates. We make no recommendations or endorsements for radio show programs, services, or products mentioned on air or on our web. No liability, explicit or implied, shall be extended to W4CY Radio or its employees or affiliates. Any questions or comments should be directed to those show hosts. Thank you for choosing W4CY Radio. is January Jones. She is not a young, beautiful, talented actress on Mad Men. She is not an older, gorgeous, exotic dancer from the Johnny Carson Show. She is an author, and she wrote, Thou Shall Not Wine, The 11th Commandment, that reached number one at Amazon.com. She is a reality TV golf personality with World High Stakes Golf televised on HDNet. She is a humorist and winologist expert. She is your featured host today on January Jones Sharing Success Stories. So sit back, relax, and get ready to laugh and listen to Ms. Jones with her eclectic roster of guests as you learn life's lessons. These stories plus sharing equals success. Welcome and remember, beware. Because you are entering the no-whining world of January Jones. Hello, everyone. I hope you're having a wonderful day. I'm January Jones, and I'd like to welcome you to our podcast today. I've been on hiatus, so it's lovely to be back live and to be with you again. By the way, since I saw you last, we've renamed our podcast. It now is January Jones Sharing Senior Success. Since I last saw you, I turned 80 years old. Yeah, hard to believe, especially for me. (laughs) And now I want to share other senior stories with you. However, never fear, I'm still the glitter granny. And today I'm wearing my black Rat Pack hat. For my listeners, let me ask you a question. Do you remember much about the famous Rat Pack, Frank Sinatra, the original saloon singer, Dean Martin, Sammy Davis Jr.? Tell me, did you ever get to see them perform in Vegas? I did. Wow, what an experience. I'll never forget it. Why do you think they were so popular? Well, of course, they were so much fun, and they were so irreverent. Have you ever wondered what it would be like to be an entertainer, to be a saloon singer? Can you imagine what it would be like to be able to perform live in front of audiences? Tell me, do you wish you could meet someone who can tell you how he does it. Now would you like to meet a man who is doing it in front of live audiences right now? If you can answer yes or maybe to any of these questions, then you are in the right place. And I'd like to welcome you to January Jones sharing senior success. So now rest, relax, go get some wine, go get some cheese and crackers so you can join me in the no wine zone. Now let me tell you a little bit about my guest today. 
He has been performing for four decades as a vocal impersonator and comic impressionist. In the 1980s, he performed at comic clubs in Manhattan, such as the Comic Strip and the Improv. In 1995, he won first place as Rochester's Funniest Big Shot in Rochester, New York. In 2003, our guest began singing with Nick's Entertainment. Shortly thereafter, he formed Frank's Rat Pack. He performs in New York and as far south as Sarasota, Florida, where he will be performing soon, Sunday, October 22nd, at the Florida Studio Theater. He performs with a big band, and it is my pleasure to welcome to the podcast today, Frank Tarsio. Hi, Frank. Good afternoon, and thank you very much for having me on your program. Oh, wonderful to have you, and uh, we have seen you perform, and I'm so excited to promote, help you promote your upcoming show. Uh, Let me ask you, how did this all begin? Uh, Who were your inspirations when you were young? Where 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 were you born, and where did you grow up? Rochester? Yes, I did grow up in Rochester, and uh, the... uh, the things that I watched when I was young, uh, I loved impressionists. Uh, so, you know, the uh, Rich Little and David Fry and Frank Gorshin. I just loved watching these guys perform in the different voices and take on the characteristics, the mannerisms of the uh, the people that they were doing impressions of. Mm-hmm. I think the first time that I, I ever got a laugh uh, was when I was very young. And my... Uh, my father used to watch the old Jackie Gleason show, not the Honeymooners, but the variety show that he did in the 60s. Mm-hmm. And at the end of every Jackie Gleason show, there was a, a segment of Joe the Bartender. And you remember this? And in Joe the, Bartender, the, the, the character that would come in was, uh, was a character played by Frank Fontaine. It would play a character named Crazy Guggenheim. Yes. And he would walk in and he'd say, Oh, Joe, hello, Mr. Denny. He, uh, uh, uh. And I, I did that for my dad, and he cracked up. I said, this is, this is, that was my first impression. Oh, my God. How old were you when you did oh, that? I was, I was probably, you know, eight years old. <laughs> That's how it kind of got started. Okay. So were you uh, like a class clown, I would wonder? So in high school, I did get voted the uh, the class comedian. Um, I, I uh, you know, I was really starting, particularly in the last few years of high school, I started to to do the rounds in the classrooms. The teachers would ask me to come in and do my impressions, do my, my little act for them. And, uh, uh-huh. and uh, uh, it, it was, in fact, one at one time I was in math class and somebody brought a, uh, a slip of paper saying that uh, I had a problem with my credits to graduate. Would I please come to the uh, to the teacher's lounge? Like, oh, so I went to the teacher's lounge and there was all the teachers sitting there saying, okay, do your act. We want to see it. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you couldn't have had a better audience. That's wonderful. Um, Did you perform uh, other places when, what was, how old were you when you first stepped on a stage to perform in front of a live audience? Yeah. So that would have been down in New York city. So I was uh, 21 years old. Uh-huh. And uh, I was at the uh, a place called the Comic Strip in New York. Uh, okay. One of the comedy, I think that's gone now, but it was a pretty, pretty big comic, a pretty big um, uh, uh, um, 
comics venue. Yeah, venue. Uh, we had a lot of fun. So I, I started to do impressions on stage. Uh, oh, there. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Okay. And so then, of course, you did Crazy Guggenheim. And who were some of your other first impressions as a beginner? How was that? Well, you know, I would. So there, there was one bit that I did um, back then. Uh, and it was something that I saw Kevin Pollack do that was that broke me up. And he, it was a it was a takeoff on the, uh, the the third Star Trek movie was called Search for Spock. Okay. And in that movie, the uh, the antagonist in that movie was played by Christopher Lloyd, who you may remember from Back to the, Back future. To the future. And he also yeah. was a was a character on a Taxi. Okay. Yeah. He played uh, he played Reverend Jim on Taxi. So the bit goes like this. It says, well, you know, uh, Christopher Lloyd, great, you know, great actor, but nobody knew that it was Christopher Lloyd for the first half of the movie because he had this tremendous makeup playing a, a Klingon, and he only spoke Klingonese for the first half of the movie. <laughs> so it wasn't until the second half of the movie where he's speaking to Captain Kirk, and and he and that's when you realize that it was it was Reverend Jim because he said. Uh, Captain Kirk, uh, will you give me the Genesis device? No. <laughs> okay, doc. <laughs> so that was the kind of stuff that I was doing in uh, in New York City. Okay, so that's what you started off as, purely as an impressionist. Um, how did your family feel about this? Did well, they encourage you or discourage you? I, I wouldn't say they encouraged me, but, but I, actually what happened was when I was down in New York City, uh, it was at the time when uh, when Jerry Seinfeld was starting and mm-hmm. uh, um, uh, Stephen Wright, and I was watching these guys and saying, these guys are hysterical. I think I better go back to uh, to graduate school and, and get a degree. So I left New York City and, uh, and got an MBA oh. and kind of, yeah, kind of stopped doing impressions for you know, 20 years. Well, for 20 years. <laughs> okay. So you went, you got serious and went out and... Got a, degree, got a degree, got a job, got married, got kids. Uh, and then, and then uh, at, at the turning point was uh, about in the, the, you know, the late 90s. Mm-hmm. And uh, how this came about was um, karaoke was becoming the trend back in the, uh, in the 90s. Oh, yeah. and, and I was at a karaoke bar and one of my friends kind of egging me on to uh, oh. to get up and do a song. And I got up and did a Dean Martin song and oh. I did it in a Dean Martin voice. Uh-huh. And immediately I got, somebody came up to me with, with a business card saying, Hey, I'd like you to join our group. Uh, we do, it was Nick and the nice guys, the, the, what you mentioned earlier. Uh-huh. So that kind of started me off. And I said, Oh, you know, so I started to do a lot of, okay. a lot more singing when impressions. You know, in addition to Dean Martin, I did uh, Jimmy Durante and Louis Armstrong, uh, some Bobby Darren, uh, Louis Prima, uh, and and uh, sort of focused on reprising the uh, the nightclub acts from the from the great performers of the of the 50s and 60s. Yeah, and and uh, and that's kind of uh, st- jump started me to where I am today. Wow. And so then you took a real break and you were a real responsible grown up, adult yeah. <laughs> which probably pleased your mother. <laughs> it did. Yeah. But then in the background, you were still a performer and you were getting up your courage. 
you know, right now we're going to take a short break. So if you are a whiner or if you know someone who is a whiner, this commercial is for you. Lately, there's a whining epidemic in our world. People are even whining about whining. Are you sick and tired of listening to everyone whining all the time? So was January Jones, the author of Thou Shall Not Whine, the 11th commandment that reached number one at Amazon.com. Ms. Jones based her book on a survey of the top 10 things that people whine about at all ages and all stages of life. January is a success coach that can tell you how to help others. When you buy Thou Shall Not Whine, the 11th commandment, you'll find out what people whine about and how to stop them from whining. This is the perfect gift book to give or get for any occasion. Thou Shall Not Wine was voted the best gift to be given anonymously for those special people in your life. Ms. Jones is an internationally known author in the style of Irma Bombeck, specializing in housewife humor with her book being published in Korea and China. You can find Thou Shall Not Wine at Amazon.com. Also, Thou Shalt Not Wine is available at audible.com just recently. Frank, before we go on with our uh, podcast, could you share with our listeners uh, your website information and give us another little promo for the show you're doing in Sarasota? Sure. So the, uh, the website is franksratpack, all one word, dot com. And on that website, you'll see uh, the uh, uh, video that we that we prepared a promotional video, as well as some uh, some audio uh, singles that we have on uh, on the tape, uh, and some pictures uh, that we've ha- taken over the years and included in there. Mm-hmm. And uh, and you'll also see a connection to uh, uh, franktorchio.com, the, uh, the okay. Uh, Facebook page that we have. Oh, so okay. that, on the Facebook page, I, I try to keep up to date with the upcoming performances. As you mentioned earlier, we have one that's coming up at the uh, Florida Studio Theater on October 22nd. Uh, it's uh, and it's and this has been the transition that I've made in the last few years. Is uh, I, I would start out started out my career singing with backing tracks. Uh, uh-huh. And backing tracks. And a few years ago, I, uh, I talked to a, a good friend of mine who uh, writes musical charts, and he mm-hmm. prepared these uh, charts for a big 12-piece band that we now use and, and which will be the, uh, oh, no. the show at the Florida Studio Theater. We'll have a big 12-piece band uh, that we're, where we play, again, the um, you know, the, the songs, and, and I sing in the styles of Sinatra and Dean Martin, and Louis Prima, uh, Louis Armstrong, Bobby Darin, uh, Nat King Cole. So try to bring back a little bit of the, uh, you know, the, the 50s and 60s, the stuff that you'd see on the Ed Sullivan show, or if you were lucky enough like you were to have actually gone to Vegas to uh, see these folks perform. And in addition to the singing impressions, I do some, you know, comedic impressions. Uh, George Burns and uh, Rodney Dangerfield. Uh, I, I, uh, at Christmas time, we have a Christmas show that uh, I will uh, recite towards the night before Christmas in 
various voices, you know, Ed Sullivan and Clark Gable and uh, <laughs> Cooper, uh, Jimmy Stewart, you know, uh, and it, it's a, and so it, we have a lot of fun in these shows. So it's not just singing. There's a, there's a fair amount of uh, comedic impressions that I do kind of the, uh, my, my, uh, did we make it this day? It's it's kind of modeled after a performer that used to play in Vegas. Maybe you you might remember his name. His, his name was Danny Gans. He was he was extraordinarily popular in Vegas. He was Entertainer of the Year in Las Vegas for I don't know how many years running. Okay. He passed away uh, maybe ten twelve years ago. Mm-hmm. I saw him in Vegas in the nineties and uh, and and I just loved his act. So. Much of what I do is sort of modeled after uh, after Danny Gans, how he uh, how he performed uh, in Vegas. Yeah. So you do comedy impressions, and uh, your show is incredibly entertaining. We, Thank you. Thank you. We, you perform, and which is why I wanted to invite you on the podcast and share you with other seniors. Uh, let me ask you about the Rat Pack. Do you have to get permission? To use that name, or it was it uh, just? No, it's not. Uh, it's not uh, copyrighted or anything. Um, uh-huh. So the, yeah, there was no there was no uh, legal restriction for okay. using. It. Okay. You'll see that. I mean, if you got on online, you'll see that, and you know, a dozen different acts will make use of the Rat Pack. But I thought <laughs> my name was Frank. I thought Frank's Rat Pack was kind of was kind of cute, so I, I kept that on the website. Although now I just perform as Frank Torquio. I don't, you know, the website yeah. says Frank's Rat Pack, but I don't really uh, use that uh, moniker. Yeah. In, in, uh, well, you know, I like, though, that you use it because it kind of gives people an inclination of what the show's going to be about. And a, a lot, especially people our age, they yes. just adores you and uh, loves everything you do. Um, now, when you started out, uh, you were working as a, a real person <laughs> with a MBA, a degree and everything. How did you phase into, did you just do entertaining part-time or did you do that? Yeah. Yeah. I started to do, uh, I started out um, in addition to working at Nick and the Nice Guys in Rochester, I started to make my little visits to uh, to uh, senior living facilities. People that, you know, of the age that really appreciate and want to hear some of the old and I realized then, you know, that I, I did not want to update my act. I did not want to do contemporary, contemporary impressions like you would see on Saturday Night Live. Okay. Um, I, I, I really felt like I want to gear this towards the seniors, to the people who remember watching this, like I said, on uh, the Ed Sullivan show or some of the variety shows back in the, uh, the 60s. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, and I, I, I just I felt like I want to stay in that era. And, and that's what I've I've zero the act in on is, you know, those performers that performed back then that I think would will bring up a lot of good memories for people that uh, that are our age. Uh-huh. Yeah, and that's exactly why I wanted to have you on the podcast, because I'm trying to gear this podcast uh, to senior success, because there are so many senior success stories out there. And it seems that seniors now, they're just not content to just retire and do nothing. You know, their seniors are just all of a sudden trying different things, such as you, mm-hmm. and uh, have becoming quite successful at 
basically brand new careers. It, it's a very exciting thing to do, isn't it? It has been for me. I've, I've just enjoyed it thoroughly. And in fact, I've got a show uh, a week from a week from Friday here in uh, in Rochester. Uh, uh, I kind of keep bouncing back and forth uh, on the East Coast from Florida up uh, to New York State. Uh, and, uh, and uh, you know, I just love it. It's just so much. And I just love, I love the reaction of the audience. Um, you know, the, the, it's almost like these these uh, the folks that come to the show saying we're not forgotten. We, you know, this is the kind of entertainment we remember. And, and when they found somebody who was providing that entertainment uh, to them. And it's uh, it's uh, it's just it's just great feeling. Yeah, it sounds like you're actually enjoying it now more than ever. Um, and also, did you get ever any feedback uh, from, or did you meet any of these people that you do impressions of, and did you get any kind of a feedback? I, I have not, uh, and, and in fact, virtually everybody now, virtually everybody uh, that I do impressions of has, has passed away. Tony Bennett, I think the last one. And I, I, did, I did see Tony Bennett a number of times uh, over the years. Uh, just most recently, he did a show maybe four years ago at Sarasota that I attended. Um, yeah, that's, that's another impression I do is Tony Bennett. So it's. Uh, oh, I know, and and we we have a just that we have a, a thing on our player piano. We play it practically once or twice. Oh three times a week. We love him. And, you know, it was interesting, even though he was diagnosed with Alzheimer's, it, apparently he was able uh, to remember the songs. And he did some of his most amazing work uh, with Lady Gaga recently. And uh, some of the things he's done are just timeless. And he's, what, was he 96 or something when he passed? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. What what an amazing career and what a great example. What a gentleman. Uh just a classic voice. You can you know, there's certain ones when you hear their voice you just know who they are. And you now, how long does it take? Isn't, isn't that the isn't that the thing is that with many of these guys they yeah. have such distinct voices that you know exactly who it is when you hear the song. And mm-hmm. and that's what I find uh, so intriguing, uh, mm-hmm. you know, whether it's Sammy Davis or Sinatra or Dean Martin uh, or Bobby Darren, Tony Bennett. It, it's just, I, I and of course Jimmy Durante is very, yeah. But you know right away who it is, and and it, and I and I think that's really the key is that they had such interesting voices and mm-hmm. phrasing uh, that uh, it 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 just yeah there was so time so unique and that made it so special. And they just put their uh, their brand out there, and you, I mean, we listen on the radio, and we know immediately who they yeah. are. And there's no, how long does it take to learn how to sound like someone? How long does it take for you to work on getting an impression just right? Uh, it takes a while. I so I what I do is I download songs to my iPhone and then play it in uh-huh. my car all the time. So if I'm taking a trip someplace, I'll just play these songs over and over again and listen really closely to the phrasing, uh, to the way that they, uh, they enunciate uh, certain words, how they emphasize certain words in the, in the song. And I try to, I try to make sure that 
that when I'm doing those songs that I replicate as closely as I can, how they performed it, how they, how they uh, phrased and, and enunciated uh, so mm-hmm. that somebody's listening, you know, what I'm hoping is they're saying, geez, that sounds exactly like the album I just heard. Yeah. It's the same, same arrangement. And I'm trying to make this the exact same way. So I, I don't try to sing like Frank Torquio. I try to sing yeah. uh, the way that these guys, you know, sang in the, uh, in, in their day. Yeah. And I love the part in the show where they, you have the audience, you, as you do a song that we're guessing who it is. Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, and I actually did guess Louis Prima. Did you? <laughs> yeah. I was the winner in my little area. <laughs> yeah. I, I find that song, uh, the song that, that uh, the Louis Prima song that I do is uh, Just a Jubilo. Yeah. And that seems to be a big crowd pleaser. People sing along with it and it's uh, it's a lot of fun. Oh, your shows are just uh, really uh, interactive. Let's put it that way. <laughs> right now, we're going to take a break. And uh, over 60 years ago, something happened in this country that was very traumatic. And people are still asking 60 years later who killed Kennedy. And who do you think had the money, the motive, and the means? Let me ask you a question. Are you still wondering who killed Kennedy? Over 50 years later, the assassination is still a mystery. It is unfinished business for our country. Now, get ready for a theory that you've never heard before, but will make more sense than any other conspiracy theory that you've ever heard in the past. January Jones speaks the unspeakable in her book, Jackie, Ari, and Jack, The Tragic Love Triangle, connecting Jackie and Aristotle Onassis romantically prior to JFK's assassination. Did you know that Ari was Jackie's guest in the White House during the JFK funeral? He was the only non-family member who was invited by Jackie to stay there during the funeral. Aristotle Onassis was one of the wealthiest men in the world, with the means, the motive, and the money to order an assassination that was the perfect crime of the last century. Ari needed class, and Jackie needed cash. They were perfect for each other. Now, what is Camelot? It is but another tragic love triangle. Jackie, Ari, and Jack is available at JanuaryJones.com, Amazon.com, and Audiobooks.com, read by Ms. Jones. Welcome back. I'm having so much fun sharing a senior success, Frank Torchio. Frank, what's it like for you to sing with a 12-piece orchestra? That must be just so intimidating. Thrilling. Absolutely thrilling. Uh, it, uh, it, it's, you know, it, it has taken it a step above what I was doing before with backing tracks and, and a, a, you know, a live big, audio, a big uh, uh, orchestra is just so much fun. And uh, I'm lucky that um, the uh, my musical director uh, Russell Scarborough mm-hmm. he he has so many connections around the country that he that wherever we go he's able to pull together twelve remarkable musicians that because uh, because these charts um, as you probably know these charts particularly the Sinatra charts are are not easy charts they they they're difficult charts for uh, musicians to read. So it takes a, uh, a really skilled musician to be able to uh, 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 
play these things uh, together uh, and, and, and with only one rehearsal. Okay. So, so it really is, it really is so much fun. And, yeah. and, and, and there are times when I, I, I almost forget my place because I'm listening to the, uh, to the band during yeah. the, 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 uh, the, the break in the, uh, in the uh, uh, vocals. Yeah. And, Oh, I got. I got to come in. This is. <laughs> well, that's a, that's another extension of senior success because you're actually sharing with us the story about a lot of musicians who are like all through the country. Probably they're all retired, and I bet when they get that phone call from Russell to come and do a gig, I bet they're thrilled to do it, aren't they? So far, I mean, whoever he's contacted, they, they enjoy the show. They enjoy doing it. Uh, it's, uh, and I, I, think, um, I think they have fun watching me do these impressions because, as you said, most of them are older. Most of them are seniors, and mm-hmm. They, mm-hmm. they know, these, they know these, uh, the, the celebrities that I'm doing, and, uh, and they get a kick out of it as well. Mm-hmm. Are there many uh, young musicians who can actually – join in and play this type of music because it seems like it's just something from our past that we treasure are new people uh coming on board and enjoying it too i think so there you know it's funny um not just musicians but uh even in my show uh, audiences in my shows uh you uh, you'll find some young people who really are there because they they listen to this music all the time and they want to hear it uh-huh. Um, I, I tell the story that a couple of times we've gotten uh, um, couples that are getting married and they want they want us to perform at their wedding. Oh. Mm-hmm. I tell them, I said, you know, I'm happy to do this, but understand that, you know, this is what we play. This is our genre, this kind of music. And they go, oh, no, that's great. That's great. And, you know, I said, yeah, you're awfully young, but they, well, our, we love this. Our friends love these, this music. So invariably, we get there and we'll we'll play during their wedding, and and the kids are having a ball. And <laughs> the comical part is somewhere during the evening, the uh, the older people in their fifties will come up to me and say, "Hey, do you play any seventies rock?" Like, oh, no, no, <laughs> no. <laughs> so there are there are young people out there, and as well as musicians, some very accomplished musicians that are young that do occasionally. Uh, uh-huh in on the band uh, yeah. and, uh, uh, I, I think this music is it, it, it just um, survives the test of time and uh, and I think accomplished musicians appreciate this music uh, as much as the you know folks our age yeah and, and I think that we saw that happen with Tony Bennett uh, teaming up with Lady Gaga and that was just an incredible blending. And then uh, Frank Sinatra and Barbara, they all did a group of duets. Yes. Other singers. And they actually did it with younger singers. Mm-hmm. And Michael Bublé. And they brought that whole uh, group back together and shared their music with them. And that was very inspiring. Yeah. And I think it's interesting that a lot of the older performers, rock, rock and roll singers, like, mm-hmm. um, um, oh gosh, um, I'm trying to think of who I'm, who I'm, who I'm, who I'm to, but, um, Rod Stewart, for example, yeah. has put out an album of, uh, of American standards, 
Mm-hmm. And, and two of my favorite albums are the, uh, mm-hmm. the Linda Ronstadt sang with uh, with Nelson Riddle arrangements. Oh yeah, fabulous albums. And you know she has a tremendous well she had a you know tremendous voice. Yeah. So yeah, you, you do see this crossover occur, particularly with older older performers that want to make their mark. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I can remember when many years ago when uh, Frank Sinatra invited Elvis Presley on his show, and yeah. of course that was just so exciting for young yeah. people. And the other entertainer we really enjoyed was uh, Dean Martin. His uh, <laughs> Dean Martin, our show, he was a gifted. Uh, Aside from, you know, he, everyone thought of him with Jerry Lewis, but just on his own, he was a brilliant comedian himself. He was. Uh, tremendous timing. Um, oh, yeah. I, I've listened to uh, a number of his of recordings of his Las Vegas act. And yeah. It, it, I mean, it's it's somewhat dated, but but he is hysterical. I mean, he plays that drunk and yeah. so uh, you, you're, you're so spot on with these impressions. Do you uh, how, do you research? Do you go to YouTube? How do you do you watch them? What's your how do you get to see how you're going to act like them? How do you imitate? Yeah, I do. I, I watch a lot of their videos of their performances. Try to uh, uh, mimic um, you know much of their hand gestures. Uh, yeah. the way that they stand. Uh, you know, Sinatra had a certain way where he would you know sing with his with his hand you know and tilt his head a little bit and and so i try to uh to emulate their uh their physical characteristics as well as their voices and and uh, mm-hmm. and i think mm-hmm. it it, it kind of it kind of helps the uh the atmosphere of the show to kind of you know get into character so to speak oh yeah and you do it wonderfully you, you had me sold i loved it um okay you do quite a few shows. Are you how are you traveling a lot now, or just occasionally? Occasionally, uh, you know, we try to get uh, try to book uh, venues around. Uh, well, pretty much the East Coast. Um, so we'll we'll do a few uh, once a month. Uh, so now, what when we've got other seniors who are going to be hopefully watching us on this show. What advice do you have for seniors who would like to try to do something like what you're doing? How do you recommend? Do you, do you recommend they do open mic? Or what What would you recommend if we've got some talent out there wanting to get started again? <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, I think um, one of the fun things to do is to uh, is to go to somebody's karaoke bars. Okay. If you, if you really enjoy singing. Because uh, I've seen some talented people, um, you know, uh, uh, take the mic at these karaoke bars. Mm-hmm. You've got to be a little discerning because, you know, um, if the karaoke bar is kind of geared towards the younger people, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, it, it might not be as fun. But, and, and I'm a little surprised that there's not more, particularly in Florida, not more uh, karaoke for seniors. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know, because there is a large senior community, as we both know. We're both here in Sarasota. Uh, yeah, we've gone to several places that have regular karaoke, 
And of course, my husband always puts his name down and sings. He usually sings one of Dean Martin's songs. Everybody, wow. somebody, <laughs> and he has his songs. And there's other people that do it too. And it's uh, it's a very brave thing to do. <laughs> and you have to have a pretty good voice. Um, also, I there's all kinds of improv uh, stand up. There is. Uh, opportunities. Yeah, the Florida Studio Theater has a, a, a an improv night. I forget what night it is, but uh, yeah, it's on Saturdays. Saturdays. Yeah, 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 and uh, that's for the really brave people yes. that are to go open mic. Did you ever do open mic when you started out? I never. Well, I did, you know, impressions, but uh, mm-hmm. uh, but that's about as much as I've done. I, I think. <laughs> I always think uh, I forget what that. There's a who was that that famous actor who was on his deathbed, and he said, he said, he said, Are you, you know, you're scared of dying. He said, dying is easy. Comedy is hard. <laughs> That's perfect. <laughs> We're gonna take a break now. Have you ever met someone who was unforgettable? Well, I'd like to share some of my most unforgettable guests with you. Have you ever met someone who was unforgettable? Someone who has touched your heart and soul? People who have faced difficult problems? People who have struggled to find solutions? People who fearlessly shared their stories? People who have not only informed you, but inspired you? People who have priceless personalities? I have been fortunate to host an internet radio talk show called January Jones Sharing Success Stories. And it has been my privilege to interview hundreds of guests. My guests have shared their stories, their struggles, their secrets, and their successes in their own words. In this book, we're talking about people dealing with problems such as incest, molestation, runaway kids, child abuse, drug abuse, polygamy, unemployment, scandal, and starting over. Then there are my guests dealing with difficult physical struggles such as blindness, cancer, and birth defects that are beyond traumatic. My guests have all been exciting, eclectic, and energizing. They have amazed, amused, and even astonished me. I have adored getting to meet them, and I adore sharing them with you. Attention all listeners, Priceless Personalities, Success Stories Shared by January Jones, Volume 2 is now available at Amazon.com in paperback and Kindle editions. You'll be able to meet 10 amazing people who will be sharing their own personal stories with all their struggles, successes, and solutions sprinkled with lots of humor and hope. Priceless Personalities features a teenager who becomes one of the famous Supremes from Motown, a nurse who has a humorous helps people to heal, an inspiring laughter yoga instructor, a mother dealing with the loss of a child, an incredible motivational speaker, a woman who married five times, a gifted paranormal nurse, a wise economist, a funny female humorist, along with an older man sharing his sweet childhood in the deep south. January's guests are all amazing and amusing. You will never forget meeting them. Go to Amazon.com for your own priceless experience. All of my books are also available at audible.com. Okay, Frank, I'm back with my favorite saloon, senior saloon singer. (laughs) 
Frank, when you look back, do you have any uh, regrets or things that you wish you could do over? Uh, you know, I, I wish, yes. Uh, the biggest one is that uh, my father, he died in, in 1995, died young, and he loved Dean Martin. He loved Sinatra, and he never got a chance to see me do this. He was he got sick early on, uh, so uh, yeah. never saw. And, and it was partly, partly um, uh, my interest in this music uh, was right after he died, and, and I and I got sort of tired of uh, of rock and roll and started to listening listening to the songs that he listened to and, and started to really appreciate um, the music. So mm-hmm. I think in large part, what I do now is due to him, but I, I, I wish I had started earlier. I wish that he had seen one of my performances. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. He loved it. He just would have loved it. Did your mom get to see you perform? She died in 95 as well. They both, uh, yeah, within three months of each other. So no, oh, she didn't. She didn't. Yeah. yeah. Well, I bet the rest of your family is pretty proud of you. <laughs> pretty much, yes. Okay, now this is a question before we sign up. I always ask all my guests, if you could have dinner with uh, anyone besides me, living or dead, who would you invite to dinner? Jimmy Stewart. <gasps> okay. <laughs> In fact, I've had, I've had dreams where I've had lunch with Jimmy Stewart. Wow. I, I, I swear to God. Oh my so, God! That, that immediately comes to my mind. That's why I'd, I'd love to have lunch with uh, with Jimmy Stewart. Okay, Talk so when you this lunch, if you were having this dream, uh, do you talk Jimmy Stewart talk, or, or are you you? <laughs> no, no, I don't do Jimmy Stewart to Jimmy Stewart, but I, I ask him about the movies he was in, the uh-huh. uh, uh, the actors that he worked with, the directors that uh, that directed him in movies like Hitchcock. Uh-huh. Uh, yeah, I don't, I, I, uh, I, I didn't, uh, in my dream, I, I did not uh, feel that it was appropriate to do Jimmy Stewart in front of Jimmy Stewart. Okay. So just chance, could you do a little Jimmy Stewart for me right now? Sure. So here's a bit that I do. You know, I, I, uh, I start out with, um, uh, you all know that, that Jimmy Stewart uh, was in a movie with uh, Doris Day called The Man Who Knew Too Much. Yeah. And in that movie, you remember that Doris Day sang this song, her, her signature song, Que Sera Sera. She sang it probably four times during the movie. Mm-hmm. What people don't know is that Hitchcock actually wanted Jimmy Stewart to sing this in the movie, but he cut it out. And, and if he had let, kept it in, it would have gone something like this. Well, well when, I was, when I was just a, 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 a little boy, why I asked my, my mother, but what? What what will I be? Why be handsome? Will I be rich? Well now, well now, this was her her wise reply. Okay, Sarah, Sarah. What what whatever will be will 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 be. The the future is not ours to see. Okay, okay, Sarah, Sarah. <laughs> yeah, that, that my husband's gonna love this show. It's my favorite songs. <laughs> so okay, so that's that's a difficult one. The, who's the is Cary Grant like the easiest one? 
Cary Grant's not too, not too hard. Uh, you know, you can, yeah, hello, darling, it's good to see you. Yes, you look marvelous tonight. I must say. Yeah, I think all impressionists usually start out with him. Yeah, yeah. Who, Cary Grant, who, Jimmy Cagney, you know. Who, who was the hardest one for you to do? Who took the longest time and the most difficult to get just right? George Burns was was difficult. That took a while to do. Really, really, yeah. with the yeah. cigar and yeah, with the cigar and uh, you know the the look. Uh huh. Yeah. That was that was one of the more difficult ones for me to get. It's a very gravelly voice. Yeah. Well, and it probably would have helped have had a Gracie with you. <laughs> yes, it would. Yeah. All George would say is a little Gracie, and she would take over. Yeah, yeah. She was always pretty much yeah. the act. <laughs> now, do you ever do you ever have other people in your act? Do you ever ha- invite other singers to join you on stage? Yeah, occasionally. Um, usually, uh, I, I'm not doing a Christmas show in Sarasota this year, but I am doing a Christmas show. Mm-hmm. And there's a couple of uh, ladies that uh, I will I will call upon because we you know we'll do some duets on Christmas songs like um, we'll do um, a baby it's cold outside uh, great, uh-huh. you know, great Christmas duet song yeah uh, and uh, and I'll I'll ask the uh, one of the ladies to sing uh, you know a Judy Garland you know uh, uh, a Christmas song and uh, uh, so that yeah so I'll I'll, I'll do that occasionally. Okay. Well, you have to promise me that next year you'll do a Christmas song here. And uh, this is all wonderful stuff that's going to be happening in Sarasota at uh, Florida Studio Theater. We are subscribers and we wouldn't miss it. It'll be Sunday, October 22nd at 7 o'clock. And if you're in the area, the phone number for there is 941 three six six nine thousand and you can call and reserve your seats uh we'll be there uh we'll be celebrating actually our 53rd wedding anniversary (laughs) so i expect to have an anniversary song (laughs) and do I hope everyone listening in the Sarasota area will join us, and uh, I know you'll have a great time. My dear listeners, thank you for coming. I enjoyed having you with us. We've tried to be informative and inspiring. My upcoming guests will all be eclectic, exciting, and energizing, just like Frank was today. Now my 80-year-old thought for the day You know you're getting old when a recliner with a heating pad is your idea of a hot date. (laughs) 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 Thank you, Frank, and I look forward to seeing you on the 22nd. Signing off, your senior success lady. Thank you for entering the No Wine Zone. Please share our stories and our show with everyone you know. And remember, stop whining and then start smiling. And then if that doesn't work, you can start eating chocolate (laughs) and lots of chocolate. Take care and stay safe until we meet again. Thank you for having me.
It's been a delight. We want to thank you for listening to January Jones Sharing Success Stories. Always remember Ms. Jones' personal mantra, if you can think it, you can do it. That's what all of our guests have done with their lives, and so can you. You are the ultimate success coach in your own life. All you need to do will be to start sharing your own story with your family and friends. We hope that our guest stories will encourage you to explore an equation in your future that will combine your creativity, plus connecting with others will enable you to be successful too. Always remember, your passion plus your purpose will equal prosperity as you explore the wonderful world of January Jones.